what's up hybrids welcome back to another episode of the phantom hybrid podcast this is hanako and i'm here with anthony laurie and mike and we are discussing the fifth episode of moon night so um mike i'm gonna go ahead and let you say it emotional damage (laughs) bruh this is the this was the oh my i mean mess with my head so bad like like i watched most of the episode with my hands over my heart like this like like can it get any worse oh yes it can get worse like oh my god i mean the whole thing with his mom was just was heartbreaking like holy shit like she would i mean and it's like you kind of want to be like i can't believe she did that shit but then you're like okay i can understand but it's like still he was a kid he was a kid. Yeah, he's a child. Like, and she was just like, and oh my God. Uh. And then it's like him standing outside and his father trying to get him to come into the funeral. Like, I was like, I, I was I was literally while I was watching it at work again and it started crying. I'm like, I'm gonna have to start watching shit at Why home. Why did watch you even try to watch it at work? What is wrong with you? Because I, ha- I had to see it because it was because it was Wednesday at my lunch break and I was like fuck it I'm watching it because I wanted to watch it I was like emotion emotional <laughs> day terrible huh? Ter- I mean, but it was a great episode it's just like those scenes got me man holy shit I, I'm just gonna say I watched it I gave you guys my opinion uh, off screen I watched it again I revised my opinion because I think that there's a lot more going on that i didn't get this the first time but yeah it was emotional damage and that mom needs to be like institutionalized or something because that wasn't right well she's dead now so it doesn't really matter but i you know what i was when i was looking at it and i thought about the um when he was standing outside like he couldn't convince himself to go in i was like oh that's when you know in the last episode, Mark told Layla, he said, you know, I had a, I had control of it until recently. I think that's when it that's when it broke. That's when he uh, lost almost control. almost certainly. Yeah. Almost certainly yeah. that, that it takes a, a, a traumatic event cause the walls to start to crumble. Right. And, you know, what all I wanted to say just real quick before we get started is the amount of effort and detail they took into dealing with his mental health and showing like the progression of, of how these things occur and and expressing it in this way in this environment um i, I don't know who they have on their writing staff that does all their research but we see we saw it in falcon and winter soldier we saw it in WandaVision. They are completely, even in Hawkeye, they're completely nailing all of these mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like almost, just they they almost like clinical studies. Yeah. yeah. And they're, I was looking for my, I was we, we were looking for our DSM. My wife has, she has a more recent one than I do. I couldn't find it, but I have it for the next time where we can actually go through um, some of these these things that that he's dealing with that'll be interesting yeah Yeah. i'm i'm actually to the point where i would love to actually you know hear about that because this yeah this episode was heartbreaking like like almost from start to finish it's just like oh my god like i i was just i mean and the way and again 
I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it every time. I'm going to say it in the next episode we do on the show, too. If Oscar Isaac does not win a fucking award for this portrayal, for everything that he's put into this fucking role, then mm-hmm. something's fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like he, I mean, he is like, like literally breaking himself into three different characters. I mean, I, I'm actually starting to wonder if he does have DID. Like, because he is, I mean, he's doing, he's doing, he's doing a yeoman's job of actually studying and, and doing, doing the accents where he literally is and his body language, his body, mostly his body language. Like when he changes from Mark to Steven, you can see how he walks, how he holds himself is entirely different. It's not just him doing a voice and walking the same. He's doing a voice and shuffling and looking confused and bewildered. And it's like, he's a, he's actually turns into Steven. It's incredible. And I'm like, he needs to, he needs accolades immediately. Mm-hmm. And they need to go ahead and announce that they're doing the second season. Yes, this, they do. Because at this point we're recording now, the show has been off for two weeks now. Uh, we got the season finale or series finale, whatever. We got a finale two weeks ago and they still haven't said anything i need a second season or y'all need to tell me um moon knight will return in whatever i mean there was there was something that they posted where it said there was something online that said series finale and then Mm -hmm. they said they changed it to season finale. Yep. Which, I think I mentioned that in the last episode. Yep. So, yeah. so hopefully that means that we're getting another season of it. We need it. Yeah. And hopefully, it. hopefully that means they'll bring bring some other certain other characters in it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of mad that they're not. I mean, this is like the almost the perfect place to bring in, even though he has other problems right now, to bring in Kit Harrington's character from Eternals and just have him like walking around in the background. Like, I think there was there was I actually saw an article earlier today that said that there was an idea that they were yeah. going to bring Dane Whitman yeah. in um, because of the fact that he you know has a job in a museum, but they didn't want to bring him into another show or movie and not have him don the suit. And I don't think it will make sense at this point. So I don't think they I, I think that's the reason why they didn't put it in. So. I just want to see him in the background, just walking around. I mean, <laughs> like, like, like the like the Leonardo DiCaprio DiCaprio gift meme, like, right, like, ooh, yeah, there he is. But I don't even know where I want to start. Like, I don't know. You know, well, he, well, let's he, let's start at the 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 beginning. Them talking to. Um, What's her name? Tawit? Yes. No, no, no. Let's, let's, start, let's start. That wasn't even that was okay. So let's start at the beginning. Beginning. Very beginning. Yeah. Did yeah, anybody yeah. else realize that this was the first time that the actual yes. Marvel Avengers theme played at the opening credits? No, I didn't actually. I didn't They've realize had, that, that. Yeah. That because that was the first thing I noticed when I started watching it. I was like, wait, why are they playing the Avengers theme? Like, huh? It just it was so out of out of the blue because every other episode that we've had this season, there's been, you know, either original music or you know, some some type of track, but they've never played the Avengers uh theme for this show yet. Because so I was kind of like, 
oh wait what is this about because it had that um that middle eastern theme that was last week which i thought was cool and then it disappeared and i was like whoa i actually like that mm-hmm. yeah but no they they changed the opening theme every episode i think oh see i didn't yeah pay attention every episode because that's one of the things that i did notice about this show the music isn't well anyway most most of their shows the music is incredible yeah it is and so listening to the middle eastern music or listening to the egyptian music and it's been like for me it's been soothing because that music is just so it's so beautiful to listen to and then for it to come in and it's the avengers theme i was like wait what what are what are what are we doing it just it threw me i i still don't know why they made that different i'm sure it probably means something i don't know because that's the way they they tend to do but yeah i just thought that was different like right off the bat did anyone notice when he was talking to harrow at the very very beginning like and he was like looking around and he had a broken nose and he actually changed his accent changed like right before, right when he was trying to get up and go. My theory is that. it's like yeah, right when I he, it. I'm thinking that that might have been Jake kind of creeping in there because yeah. it's like because because it's like it's a, it was just like a subtle change. Like he was he had Mark's accent at one point and then he changed to like a Boston accent, like a really gruff Boston accent. Then he grabbed the little glass pyramid and tried to take his own eye out. Oh yeah, you know what? I did remember a, that. I think it was a, a Chicago accent. Chicago accent. Chicago. Maybe it was Chicago, yeah. Well, Chicago bastard. Chada patata. Chada chada. Yeah. But but yeah, I th- I think I think that that Jake that that was that was actually Jake like sitting there because it, it just it just kind of struck me as odd that his voice changed like just that imperceptibly and he was and he was acting again kind of belligerent. Well, but he but he didn't but he didn't kill anybody. No, he didn't. And that that's the thing. Like, like I said, I do remember hearing that accent, but I wasn't sure if that's exactly what I was hearing. I just thought it was because, you know, you you have them. Um, you have Mark talking to Dr. Harold at the beginning. And I think this is like right after they met Tarot. And I think yeah. what we see in this episode, we see them going back and forth between, I feel like one consciousness and another. I don't know if that's correct or if it's like, well, the episode starts out, we we get to see some of Mark's memories. Like we see this running water and we hear a boy calling help. And then we see a woman saying, this is all your fault. And then all of a sudden we're right back in the hallway with them screaming at Tauret and then all of a sudden we're back in the psych room with Mark and I was just like wait what what is going on there's like we so we've had three different changes at that point and I was like oh this is going to be one of those episodes where you really have to pay attention and let me just say Harrow in this episode frustrated me just because it was like and I know that's probably that probably isn't Harold I know that that's a figment of Mark's imagination because right now we're in his mind and also he's kind of sort of dying at this point so it's kind of hard to tell 
what's in his mind and and the reality or what you know what might have actually been going on or what it it was just well for for a minute it was confusing it it was off-putting but i think one thing that needs to be said is we learn later he's actually dead he's not Mm -hmm. dying Mm -hmm. he's he's dead yeah yeah so there's that yeah and i think it was also kind of it was off-putting in that way because i i feel like we're supposed to experience what Mark is going through. Like right now, his mind is jumping and he's trying to figure out what's going on. Harrow is trying to tell him that, you know, this is all in your mind. These are things that you are using to kind of deflect what's really going on. No, I did not shoot you and all this other stuff. And Mark is just sitting there like, I don't know. And then it gets to a point where Harold wants to talk to Steven and then they start going back and forth and I'm just sitting there watching the TV screen like oh I'm gonna have to watch this episode like two more times because there's so much going on and I'm trying to keep up it was oh it was it was a mentally exhausting episode to watch so I can't even imagine what it was like to play this one person being these these couple of characters you know yeah, but I'm telling you, watching Mark having having to go through this emotional roller coaster, you know, basically trying to figure out. So Towerette is there and she's basically there to guide them because he got shot. He's dead, like you said, Anthony. And I'm I'm about to okay i'm I'm gonna put it like this i'm gonna let one of y'all take over because i don't want to screw anything up i've only watched this episode once but um she's trying to get them to the uh field of reeds right 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 well she 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 goes through her her introduction because she's like oh my god i've never i haven't had a chance to chance to practice this she gets her pre-cards out and she goes through everything and talks about the different planes of afterlife existence. Like she actually mentions the afterlife plane that's for Black Panther. Like have it like kind of offhandedly. Mm-hmm. So and then the, the um, ancestral plane. Yes, ancestral yeah. plane. Yeah, she mentions the ancestral plane kind of offhandedly, and she tells that they're going to be judged. And she's saying first that the psych ward, the place that he created, is his mind trying to order things in preparation for his journey into right. the duat. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Um, and he's like, he's like, why do we pick a psych ward? And Mark says, because they're crazy. <laughs> I think it's funny no, that, like, she thinks, that she thinks that they're twins at first because she's like, are you guys twins? And they're like, yes, no, kind of, sort of. And it's like, <laughs> they don't even know what to consider themselves because again, right. they're they're able to interact with each other as individuals in this in this mind space and it's weird for them because they're like okay so like are we twins or are we like what okay yeah so so yeah we think so but not quite and she's like oh that really cleared it up (laughs) (laughs) but i do also like that she says what was the word she used intersectional she was saying that Uh, yeah yeah different after afterlife is based on like what your culture is Mm -hmm. And she said, you'd be surprised at how many intersectional planes there are. Mm-hmm. And that's when she mentions the ancestral plane for yeah. um, Black Panther. Yeah. Which I think... And then, Mark, 
it, I, right. I think is lovely because that kind of confirms that, okay, yeah, it's not just one afterlife. It's not just one heaven. Like it depends on your culture and who you are and where you're from as far as what happens to you after you die. I think that's interesting because we saw that in um, in some unaired podcasts. We talked about um, American gods. Like it depends on who you worship, like yeah. where, where that power goes. Mm-hmm. And and those gods claim you because you're the one that worship, you know, that you you as a god are the person that was being worshipped. Mm-hmm. So it's very, it's, it's very kind of cool that they did that. Right. But anyway, so it, you see, <laughs> yeah, Mark's like, yeah, I don't believe any of this. Like, I, then he tries to go, he tries to leave, and next thing you know, he's on a ship, which, which they kind of hinted at in the last episode when he was running away from the guards, and you see the, you saw the lights kind of going back and forth, and you heard the creaking of like the floorboards and stuff. Mm-hmm. But shout out to the um, visual effects guys on that, like that looked gorgeous, like the ship sailing on the sand. Like man, that they they did they did work on that. That's some good CGI. <laughs> yeah, that's some good. <laughs> oh, I also wanted to say I think he also, if you remember when he got fired from the museum, mm-hmm. I think the suggestion was planted in him about going to a psychiatric hospital by the guy that fired him. Because remember, he showed him the pamphlet and told him maybe you oh, need to get some, get some help. Yeah. Was that guy also one of the patients in the hospital? Could have been. I wasn't. I didn't pay that. I didn't do any freeze framing, so I don't know. But I knew the Harold's office. It looks like the same room where he first fought that jackal with um with uh what's her name before he got thrown out of the window. Oh, okay, Layla. Yeah, yeah. That that's the same room. Mm -hmm. I did notice that. Um. So yeah, so they're on a boat. <laughs> We're on a boat. And, you know, Stephen is, of course, kind of schooling Mark on what's going on as far as, you know, them going to the field of reeds. And Tauret is like, well, you know, if your heart's balanced in life, then you'll spend eternity in paradise. But if it's not, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go into the sands and 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 that's it. But um when she when she reached into their chest and pulled out those little stone hearts, I was like. What the hell is he doing? I was like, oh, okay, they're still alive. I was like, that that kind of I was she's like, oh, good, you guys didn't explode this time. I was like, <laughs> right, that's a possibility. Like, like that's like, something that you, you might want to have warned them about before. Oh my, my, is that that's even the choice? Like what? <laughs> right, <you're> like, <laughs> <laughs> you could have told me that before. I'd be like, no, stop, bad hippo. I know, right? She didn't even ask. She just, it's just like, got them. Right. So basically, Damn. she she tells them about the um the scales and how if they're um how it judges them based on based on who they were in life. And she says if the scales balance before we reach the end of our journey, then you go to paradise. You go to the field of reeds. But if they don't, then the, um, what did she say? The the undead will drag you down into the duat and you'll kind of remain there forever. You know, no unbalanced souls on my boat. So, mm. you know, and she she's kind of funny too, because she's like, no, 
no unbalanced souls on my boat fingers crossed for you guys i was like wait a minute like first of all like, you just like she really wasn't gonna help but she was like well good luck right and then mark of course <laughs> mark sitting there talking about oh okay so um this is what we're gonna do we're gonna kill the hippo we're gonna steal the boat and steve is like for real kill like for real towerette we're, we're, we're just gonna kill her not only is she not only is she a goddess she's a fucking hippo you have no weapons how are you going to kill her i, I actually laugh for a full five minutes because i'm going this I, fool <laughs> you can't do nothing you, you have no weapons and she and she's she's a, on top of being a goddess where she could probably just blink you out of existence or throw you into the sands she's a hippopotamus hippopotamuses kill people right they on kill, the regular just for being pissed off everything because yes. because they're basically blind, and so everything that they see, no matter what it is, is a threat. <laughs> and they and they run and they run like 35, 40 miles an hour. Yes, it's like they're they're, they're basically little little small killer buses, even though they're adorable as as babies, and I want one. But that's I don't be on zebra. You don't want one. You think you want one? I want a baby hippopotamus. No, just go just go get a stuffed one. I'm sure there's gonna be like a stuffed towerette. Some I, I do I do want. I, I told you I do want one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you. I want ever, ever since I saw Fiona the hippo like at Cincinnati Zoo, like they've been following her ever since she was a little baby and she was just so squishy and adorable. I was like, I want one right now. Yeah, I, I saw a video where they were feeding hippos and they were tossing them pumpkins and watermelons. And they were just like, <sighs> I mean, they were like marshmallows <laughs> in their mouth. So I've no, seen the video and I've read about not a attacking the hippo. We're yeah. not. Right. I, I've seen I've seen a video and read a story about a man who raised the hippo like from a baby, and that thing still turned around and killed him. Absolutely not. No. 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 <laughs> Murder buses. <laughs> Murder buses. <laughs> With teeth. And they swim. <laughs> so, no. Look, we could do a whole other episode on that because some of the videos I've seen is like, what? No, yeah. uh-uh. no. So we, we we're gonna stick with the the talking hippo with the squeaky voice sitting on this um this this boat that may or may not be in Mark's mind. Oh my god! Right, but she's you know she's balancing their hearts on the scales against the feather and of course the scales aren't balancing it's kind of like wavering but it won't stick and she was like why is it doing that i've never seen it do that before she was like i don't have a car for this. <laughs> <laughs> she's like i don't have a car for this and i mean i'm not surprised because even when um harrow was trying to judge mark the scales wouldn't balance you know they were kind of chaotic so I'm not surprised that they didn't balance here. She tells them, she was like, your, your hearts are not full. And if, if they remain that way, then the duat is going to claim you anyway. You know, Which I think it's unfair. Either my heart's or heart is balanced or not. If it's in between, you just can't throw me off into like, you know, you, you can't hey, it's, treat it's, me like it's no, not balanced. There's no gray area in getting thrown to the sand. It's either black or white. Either you're balanced or you ain't. Right. I mean, you you saw Harold. Harold doesn't care. Harold, like, if you're if you're unbalanced, then you die. If you're balanced, then you're fine. It's like that's that's what got him in trouble with that because the skills just kept going like this. He was like, "What the fuck is this shit? What's mm-hmm. wrong with you?" But it's like it's because his whole mind is chaos right now. So it's like he can't be balanced because he's he is chaos. 
he's the embodiment of chaos. So he's never going to really be balanced unless something happens drastic, which we'll get to. Yeah, because that's what she basically tells him. She's like, look, this boat is full of your memories. You need to get in there and show each other the truth. She was like, balance the scales before we reach our destination or your souls will be down pretty much, you know? And they have to- That was some scary shit. That was some scary shit. Like the people like reaching from the sand and shit. Like, like, oh, hell no. Again, mummy vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, nah, man. Like that shit. This, This was like, yeah, Disney's stepping clear into having like more horror, more scary shit as far as Marvel. They're letting Marvel do a little bit more with each show. Like, you know, they get more and more into into things. Like, I mean, even when they put Doctor the next Doctor Strange up, that's going to be a, a step even further. So, mm-hmm. and plus they put Deadpool 2 up, so they already got a rated R thing up. So, it's like they're just, they're recognizing that Marvel is like, um, is basically printing money. So they're like, all right, fine, whatever you want to do. <laughs> I mean, yep. that's what I do. We're like, all right, fine. We'll just we'll just we'll just make make one spot for mature audiences only, and the rest for everybody else, and they can do whatever they want over there, and keep giving us money. That's all they want to do. Yeah, but also I feel like, especially the more complicated these stories get, because that's what we've been seeing. Phase four is nothing but complicated stories, like even more complicated than what we've seen. I think you kind of have to go with a higher rating, you know, because because of the um, because of the things that we're dealing with, I think, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if a kid would be able to watch Moon Knight and kind of understand the intricacies between these characters and what they're having to deal with. And I just don't know if most children would be prepared for that. I think, yeah, I don't think, not only would they not understand, they would, they would, they would get the, Get the white sheets out of the of the linen closet and stand on the roof at nighttime and jump. And their parents would be like, "What the fuck is that? I'm Moon Knight." Because I I I'm not saying that I that I have done certain things like this or that certain members of my family have done things like that, but it could happen. That's what I'm saying. Is I've never jumped happen. off the roof. I have jumped off a second uh, a second story porch. You yeah, know, pretending uh, to be Wonder not, Woman, but I've I've never like jumped off a roof. I can neither confirm nor deny that I've cleared a few steps in my day trying to be evil can evil, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. The more complicated it is, kids are probably going to tune out anyway. They're going to be like, I don't want to watch this. Can I watch something else? Like they'll just want to change it. The Beauty and the Beast or some shit. Just like switch. I'm good. Yeah, but I think it's interesting that you know. As they're going through the hospital, Mark, at this point, he's just like, there's two of us. There's one of her. We can just go ahead and kill her. And Stephen is like, you're talking about killing the goddess Towerette. Like, why don't we just do what she says? And Mark says, well, I don't know about you, Stephen, but my memories are kind of a mess. And Stephen appears at this door and he sees when Moon Knight was beating up the um, jackal. And he was like, yeah, mine's are too. And I find it so interesting that, especially with everything that we find out in the course of the episode, it's almost like Mark is scared to let Steven into his memories because Steven is supposed to be the safe space. You know, Steven is not supposed to know 
about all of the bad stuff and watching this episode I really understood that was also why he kept trying to pull Steven back in and gain control because this is the stuff Steven is not supposed to deal with you know Steven is supposed to stay safe and happy and believe that all things are good just like the whole thing with him calling his mom every day and leaving a voicemail on you know leaving a message on her voicemail Steven didn't realize that mom was dead and Mark was trying to keep keep all of that from him because some part and I'm guessing there had to have been a part of her during their childhood who wasn't always mean and nasty to Mark it and it happened to be those times when he was Stephen maybe you know because even learning even listening to them and and seeing their kind of recollections of shared experiences Stephen has nothing but I won't even say good memories, but he does not remember mom in a bad light. So when he sees those memories, it's jarring for him because he's like, this is not our mother. Who is this? This is not right. You're, you're remembering things wrong. And that was, that was the really heartbreaking part to watch because at this point now, Mark has nowhere to, he, he has nothing to make him feel safe nothing to kind of leave all of that horribleness behind like in this episode he really has to confront his demons and he has to let Stephen know what these demons are I think so that they can be balanced because you can't I mean it's just like any kind of relationship you can't have a full and functional and trusting relationship if you're keeping secrets from the other party it's the same thing with this you know, except this is just, this is literally a part of yourself that you are kind of separating from everything else. And it's what's causing all the chaos. And it's what's, it, it, it's kind of what caused the break once mom died. You know, Steve was, I mean, Mark was like, oh, I can't deal with this. I'm not dealing with this. And Steven has no clue. He's still just, oh, okay. I'm just going to go about my married life and, and do my happy things. And you know, call mom every day. I'm also starting to think that it was once that he had, once he had this break that Steven started working at the um, museum. And that's why he was able to like keep that job and, and actually get people to know him. And just every once in a while, Mark would come out. But I think that was probably when Steven started to build a life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, and, and, you know, him, I mean, he was giving off like, vibes he was giving up vibes the whole time that he really didn't want mark didn't want steven to dig any deeper than he already did i mean it's like he was willing to willing to risk being thrown into the sands by Tauret, other than confronting his demons and and trying to get some get some closure and acceptance of what he's done mm-hmm. i mean that says a lot about him like he just can't he can't in his mind put it together like he can't say that well, I need to, he's like, I have all this stuff that I've done, but I'm not ready to confront it yet. So, I mean, if I got to die, I got to die. Fuck it. I'm never going to. Maybe he, I mean, he probably said that he was going to take a lot of the stuff that happened to his grave. Like he didn't, he was never going to, especially the stuff about his brother. I wouldn't admit it. I wouldn't want to talk about any of that, especially with someone who is me and doesn't remember any of it. It's like, why would I put myself through that again? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. So, yeah, I'll take it to my grave. Just throw me in the sand. I'm good. I mean, I'm, I I understand, but but it's just like, 
with anything, it's like you have to kind of put everything together and accept it or it's just going to just fester inside you and not be good. So he just yeah, he just has to face the music. There's no really no other choice. It's also possible we don't we don't have a lot of information about his mother, but usually in these circumstances, mom already probably had some issues and she had her break when she lost the younger son. Mm-hmm. And it probably exacerbated the things that she already was dealing with in her own self. And so, yeah, he probably did have to create a way to deal with her on his own because obviously dad wasn't really helping the situation either. So you're right. It's possible that that Stephen was the personality that always saw the good. And I wouldn't be surprised if he created Jake to defend himself against her you know, the, the worst of her. Right. Because we did see in one of the memories at one point she she got physically abusive or that was the that was the um, assumption. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and I'm sure that that sometimes maybe he thought Stephen was dealing with it or maybe he dealt with it a little bit, but I'm sure Jake probably took the he created Jake to take the brunt of all of her you know anger against him or whatever just to be able to deal with it yeah but i still feel like at this point even with what we've seen i feel like he's still not fully aware of jake no i I still think it's a subconscious thing like Mm -hmm. he he's not he's not consciously aware of, of jake because that that is how he completely does not want to deal with that aspect of his mother at all if he had knowledge of Jake or memories, of, he would remember how painful it was mm-hmm. to have to be, you know, physically and verbally abused. Right. And and like you said, that's why he created Steve. So he Stephen, so he doesn't have to think about that. Stephen doesn't have to think about that or deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know or deal mean? with the loss of his brother. Or deal with the loss of the mm-hmm. brother. Yep. But so um, we're we're seeing, and that's what I was saying earlier about how they are showing how these the the fracturing of a person's mind happens in order to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. So he did all this to protect himself from all those terrible memories and feelings. Right. And yeah, yeah and that's why he doesn't want Stephen to see any of this. He doesn't want Stephen to see any of this because that would that would destroy the illusion of of why he created steven the other thing too is watching them go through this hallway and looking at these memories like we've always assumed that steven was not really aware of what was going on with mark like when mark was in control steven had no idea what was going on on the outside and i think in the last couple of episodes we kind of assumed that mark had an idea of what was going on with steven when steven was in control but then when he looks at the memory of Stephen and Khonshu turning back the night sky, he's looking at this in awe, like he's never seen it before. So I think there are certain times when he is completely disconnected and dormant, you know, while Stephen is in control, because he's looking at that and he was like, wow, that's awesome. Like, that's so cool. And then Stephen goes over. And I, I think the way it looks like, it looks like Mark's episodes are on the right side of the hallway and Steven's episodes are on the left side of the hallway because they keep zigzagging. Mm -hmm. And now they've zigzagged 
and Stephen sees Mark on the side of the street and he was like, boy, what is this? And Mark's like, what? So we're going to, we're going to review every single memory we've had. And that's, that was like, oh yeah, that's, that's Mark kind of deflecting and, and trying not to let Stephen in because Stephen is like, what is this? Do you remember this? He was like, look, it's just a street. Okay. It's just a street. <laughs> and he's like oh okay so whatever and then they hear i think they hear some commotion and steven runs into another room and it's a room full of dead people and or, or like, specifically people that marcus killed mm-hmm. so it was um and you know the funny thing is when they come in and they look they're like oh I guess we know whose room this is or whose memory this is. And yes, all these people that Marcus killed and like he's looking at them and he's naming where he killed them. So he remembers everyone that he's killed. And there's also the scales in there and the scales are still doing this teetering thing. And so Steven starts asking him, he was like, so you actually know these people and then he looks around at the the sheer number in the room and he was like not all of them don't tell me that you killed all of them and then this is when mark tells him he was like but all of these they were murderers they were rapists they were you know they were the baddest of the bad Kanshu wanted them punished and so that's what i did and steven is like and you remember them all mark's like you you take a life and tell me how how fast you forget he was like i remember them all I even remember, I think he said he kept wishing that he fell, you know, and one of them would kill him so that he wouldn't have to keep doing it. And, you know, the scale looks like it's starting to slow. So it, it seems as though the more Mark is revealing about himself to Stephen that they're, they're, you know, the scales are starting to balance there. And, and then there's this little kid that comes running in and Stephen is trying to figure out, he was like, Mark, why is there a child in a room filled with all the people you've killed? And Mark is like, yeah, don't, don't go near him. Don't go near him. And I was sitting here like, why is there a child in there? And then the more that Mark tried to keep Stephen from following him, I was like, oh, wait, this is not good. I said, there has to be a sibling and he has to be responsible for how he died. I didn't think that he killed him outright or anything like that. Like, I, I know he's a killer, basically a killer for hire for Kanshu, but some somehow that just doesn't seem to me like Kanshu's, you know, agenda. But, you know, Kanshu is focused on punishing the wicked for deeds that they have done. So I don't think there's no reason for Kanshu to send his assassin against a five or six year old. I don't think there's anything that he could have done that was that bad. So at that point, I was like, oh, this is the this is the trauma that starts it all. That's just how I read it. Like, oh, OK, so this has to be someone from his his childhood, a brother and something happened. And I, you know, and I having to watch him go through these memories that was the painful part because Stephen goes and he sees like and, and at this point mom is happy mom is cooking on the grill and the boys are are coloring or playing 
and you see Mark just sitting outside the room banging his head on the window like don't do this don't do this and I was like I paused it at that point I was like hold up I don't think I'm ready for this I don't think I'm ready for this I didn't expect it to be as bad as it was but it was it also wasn't it wasn't as worse as I imagined it because I thought that his brother like just got outright killed. And that was one of the reasons why Mark became a mercenary or something. So at least it wasn't that bad, but still it's kind of like, you know, you go in to play with your brother in some caves and mom is telling you, Hey, you know, keep an eye on your brother, be careful. And when they get to these caves that they, I guess they play in a lot the caves tend to flood if it starts to rain and the little brother Randall says hey we can't uh, we we can't go in you know it's gonna flood and Mark is like it'll be okay and I was just like this is like the part in the show where you know we've been making the mummy comparisons where it's like don't read the book don't do this don't do that and it's just yeah, like, what, don't what go is in your the phrase, cave. Mike? Which emotional one? Emotional damage. Emotion? Yes, emotional damage. I mean, I kind of, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I, I, I was trying to remember if they said that they were going to go play in the caves or if they were just going to go play. I think they just said they were going to go play because I was saying, why are, why did his parents say, don't go play in the caves, we're getting ready to eat, bring your ass over here, or don't go play in the caves because it's going to ready to rain and it's dangerous. He just told her, she just told him to look after him. And it's like, I felt bad. I mean, yeah, Mark Mark said, don't quit being a baby and to go ahead and explore it. But it's like, he's still a child. It's like he, the child, children explore when there are things like that. If there were things, if there was a cave like that by my house, I'd be all up in it too. Me too, like, when I was a child. But the other thing too, I think is when you're that young, children have a sense of invincibility they don't think anything can hurt them they don't think anything bad can happen you know and i'm sure mark really thought that it wasn't going to be as serious because i'm you know if they found that cave as quickly as they did i'm going to assume that they play in there probably quite a bit so even mom and dad probably knew that's where they were going to go play but i mean think about it she was outside on the grill it was sunny they probably didn't expect rain and then they go into the um, they go into the cave, and it starts raining. And if that water rises that quickly, there's probably nothing they could have done, you know. And it's just it, it's it's so sad because Stephen's following them, and Mark is on the outside, still in the hallway. He's following them through the doors, but you can tell this is not something he wants to do. Like he doesn't want to follow, but he has to because he kind of knows where it's going anyway. And when the kids are going into the cave, Stephen steps on the bones of a bird and it looks like Khonshu. And I was just like, I just kind of wondered, I was like, so is that signaling that Khonshu had his eye on Mark that whole time? If, if I'm not mistaken, in the comic books, I think he did. Okay. That's... And, and and that's that that's tragic in and of itself. It is because then at at some point I kind of wonder 
like I don't I don't know the powers of Khonshu and what he can and what he can't do and what he can and can't allow but if that's the case I kind of almost feel like that he he kind of influenced the way Mark's life went he manipulated the events yeah yeah like I don't I and I don't know if I want to say that he was responsible for Randall's dying but everything that happened after that with Mark's mom and him you know getting to the point where he's abused so much he actually fractures his mind and then for it to go on I mean he was so young he was like maybe nine ten and when this happened so to think mm-hmm. about how long he's had to deal with that and then if Kanshu was really responsible for that like oh he just grabbed harrow until his real avatar was available and it it, it kind of makes you wonder like all of these things that's happened since then you know mark got shot and almost killed trying to um you know defend or working with the um the other mercenary who killed layla's father and he did this in an area where he knew mark would be able to crawl to him and he could offer Mark the help. And then you put Layla in his life. Especially considering Mark thinks that Kanshu wants Layla. He's already threatened him with that as well. It's just kind of like how, how far into this is Kanshu? Like how much of this is he responsible for? And then I would if say, it, I would say a great deal of it. I mean, and then that kind of negates his whole thing because if you if your purpose is to punish people for the evil they've done. It's almost like you chose Mark from right before that happened. It's kind of like you you sort of did what Ahmet does. She judges people before the evil happens. You know, that bird, that, that, that that's, bird. That's the point. I mean, that's that's the whole issue with Kanshu is what he's doing is, is just as bad as what Ahmet is doing. Yeah. Because that means that he did the same thing to Mark. Yeah. And who knows what he did to to Harrow before he got Harrow. And see, now that that does make me a little more curious about the background between him and Harrow. Because I think we know a little bit about Harrow being Khonshu's avatar. But we don't know the story. Like, what was going on in your life that you agreed to be Khonshu's avatar? And then what happened for that symbiotic relationship to end and then for you to turn around and go to another god and be like hey i'll be your avatar now like are you just searching for avatars to kind of i don't know fix your life or i i don't know i I just want to know what that is for harrow like what what's wrong with you that this is the path you chose and you have you ever have you ever thought that maybe he was cast out by conscience instead of him leaving maybe see that's the thing i i don't know i i thought about that i think i voiced that a couple episodes ago but it's like we don't know yeah because it it, you know usually when you seek a a different avatar something popped off with you and said avatar that you had before you know that's what anthony you know anthony was the one who said that um harrow probably was the one who severed that relationship because if he was doing a great job for conshu why would conshu get rid of him yeah. Well, it could be a number of things, but yeah, I, I agree with Anthony on that. Yeah. But 
anyway so we, we we see what happens um you know Stephen is going into the cave and he's trying to get the boys out and of course they can't hear him they can't hear him but um afterwards while Stephen is I mean while Mark is trying to find Stephen he goes to one of the rooms and his mother is standing there with this hateful look on his her face and at this point I was like yeah this is about to take a bad turn because you see Mark starting to lose it he's like it's just a memory it's just a memory it's just a memory and then when he turns to look it's it's the the funeral or the or the um you know after the funeral and I was just like I felt so bad but then when he came downstairs and she started railing at him I was like okay in in some ways I can kind of understand that irrational anger because at that point you're looking for someone to blame you know what I'm saying and it, it doesn't matter if it's your other child or another adult, you're looking for someone to blame. And Mark just happens to come downstairs and he was the one that was with him, you know, and we don't, we don't know what happened. I mean, Randall didn't make it, but Mark did. How did that happen? Was Mark able to get himself to safety and was unable to pull Randall up? was it just that they were stuck and Randall was shorter so he ended up dry- like we don't know exactly what happened we just know Randall is gone and and Mark is left behind and so he has to bear the brunt of his mother's wrath and again this happens at such a young age so he has to go through this for years and I'm just You want to have sympathy for the mom, you really do. But at the same time, the way you treat your child is so reprehensible. The way she looks at him, the way she yells at him, and there's people there in the house. I was just like, I couldn't. And and you see Mark reacting to it. Yeah, that was. That was the sad thing because Stephen is trying to figure out what's going on, and Mark, like I said, Mark is the one that's that's reacting to it. Yeah, even like the or excuse of- me, Stephen is the one that's reacting to it because Stephen has never seen the side of his mother before, and Mark is yeah. trying to tell him, Stephen, come back, Stephen, come back, and Stephen is he's he's following the breadcrumbs, trying to figure out what what else is going on. And then you have him celebrating his, what, two, four, six, eight, his 10th birthday. I'm counting the candles on the cake. And it's just him and dad and mom doesn't come down, you know? And, and the dad, I don't know how I feel about his dad because his dad is very passive. Like he makes excuses for her, which again, I understand she's going through grief. She's dealing with trauma. She just lost her child. So I understand that. But luckily she she wasn't as powerful as Wanda. She would have torn the whole planet apart. Right. But I mean, just the fact that he for lack of better words, he allowed it to go on. He didn't stop Uh. it. He didn't try to get her help, at least as far as we can see. You know, we we see him celebrating his 12th birthday 
and mom is coming over with alcohol in hand and she starts being nasty to him you were always jealous of him you know laughing ever since he was born and I mean she's sitting there talking to her child like this on his birthday and she has no remorse she doesn't care and what is dad doing dad is not doing anything like she literally all but accuses him of of killing him I should have known you would do something like this who says something like that to their child yeah, she was, I mean, she was deep in her, in her grief. I mean, it's like the, the tone of her voice when she was yelling at him, like telling him that it was all his fault. And it's like, she just, I don't think she, I'm not even sure that she knew who she was really talking to. Like, I don't think she, I think it's like, she, she forgot that she was talking to a child and she thought she was talking to someone older. No, I don't think, I don't think that was the case. I think she I, knew exactly what she, who she was talking to. Well, the reason I say that is because it's like, it's just like, I mean, the way that he like, like just ran up the stairs and then they focused on him and his birthday and he was, I mean, the things that he was going through, it's like, I mean, of course, no child should ever go through that. That's just, that's just horrible to go through. But it's like, I'm, I, I was almost under the impression after watching it for a second time that, that maybe she was under Conchu's influence that he was really like trying to edge him towards where he wanted him to go. See, I was think I was just thinking that she, she had, that 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 was when I started thinking that there was probably something wrong with her as far as her mental health even before Randall died, and From that Randall thinking it looks like she was an alcoholic. Yeah, that Randall was a trigger for whatever she you know not just a trigger but exacerbated whatever she had already mm-hmm. because her reaction to the death and and how she directed all of that anger towards Mark. It's not right, really. Mm-hmm. Usually people that already have mental health problems will do something like that. That's why I think she already had some issues. Um, I didn't think Konshu had anything to do with it. I think maybe he manipulated the previous situation, but I and he may have known or he he seems to have a sense of people who have something wrong with them. Yeah. So that could be why he targeted this family, because he knew that put put pieces in the right place and mom will be like this and do this to him mm-hmm. and maybe cause him to have problems too so he was trying to break him younger like he's he really started out young with this one mm-hmm. like maybe he realized okay harold was good but harold was old and what was wrong with him i couldn't really use that the way i wanted to but with mark if i can break him younger and have him the way I want him to have him, then I'll be golden, which yeah. is how it worked out. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Horrible. But it's like, poor Mark. And then it's like, then Mark didn't let him go into the other room and they went out into the street. And it's like, I feel bad for his dad because his dad was a rabbi and he had to deal with not only questions from his congregation about what happened with his wife, like what happened with the children. Then they see his wife like having issues and what's wrong with her? And it's like, then he's dealing with his son being neglected by his wife. And all this has to be, has to be a really big, big test of his faith. Like, and it's, I mean, you kind of have the, the guy's probably like, 
you know, then this is like the, the trial of Job for him. It's like, like what else? What else can go wrong? But the thing I, I can with see that. him, he's so he's a weak man. I'm sorry, I have to say he's a weak man. Like even even in this memory when they're looking and they're seeing a, a teenage Mark leaving and his father is pleading with him, no, don't go, please stay, we'll fix this. And, and Mark says to him, you're supposed to fix this. Why haven't you? Well, that's how the comic book is written because in the comic book, his father is, is written that way where his father is very, uh, you know, more concerned about everything else that he thinks that, you know, Mark is just going to fix himself. And, you know, with him being a rabbi, he was, I believe was also a, a lawyer. And so he was more concerned about everything else except for inside the house. So they're, they're following it right down the line, the way it was written in the comic book. Yeah. But what I'm saying is re- regardless of if they're fo- uh, following the comic book or not, I'm talking about just his character, just how he's written period. Like, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I agree. He, he's saying the thing about, you know, don't leave. I can't lose another son, but you haven't been protecting this other son all of these years. At this point, it had to have been 10 years, at least 10 years. Mark looks like an older teenager leaving home and his dad has done nothing, nothing. And I, I mean, you know, it's just, it's so sad because again, Mark has, Mark has recollection of all of this happening. Like these are his memories we're going through. And Stephen is falling apart because he has no clue about any of this. He's, you know, mad at Mark. He's like, why are you remembering her this way? She wasn't like this. And Mark is just steady trying to keep him from going through the rest of the memories. He pushes him out and they're literally in the sands. And I was just like, no, this is not going to end well. They're in the duet, and and the boat and the boat had crashed too, hadn't it? The ship uh, had crashed. Not yet, I don't think. Or no, that wasn't the, that wasn't. No, no, no. This is no. This is this is before. Yeah, this that is, that was the what? um. Yeah, that was um. This is when um Layla's dad that Layla's yes. dad got killed. So of course we get to see uh Mark's superhero origin story here. <laughs> Now, I will say this, I've seen a panel from the comics with Khonshu's, um, his statue and Mark at the base of it kind of bleeding out. And I was like, oh, they, it's almost like they were like, okay, this is like they were copying. Okay, this is what yeah. we're going to do. They, they got really, really accurate with that. It was. Yeah, pretty spot on. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, that, I mean, and then you see like the depths to which Khonshu was really manipulate like he was being really like almost like a con man it's like he, he was like a snake oil salesman he's like i could save your life mm-hmm. all you gotta do is all i gotta do is do what i say and he's like just say yes he's like just it basically basically just sign on the dotted line and i'll take care of it and right. it's like and then steven saw it and he was just like wow he really he really fucked with you it's like i think it's the first time he realized that wow so you really that conscious was an asshole right well, I'm thinking he probably he probably kind of realized that, but he was just realizing the depths to which he went right. to to actually get get Mark to agree to all that. Yeah, because Mark looked like he was dying, like oh, he, he, should be, he should be dead, dead, dead. There was blood everywhere, and of course, you know, he was talking about how 
he tried to save everyone and it didn't work and then he tries to kill himself or he gets ready to kill himself and that's when Khonshu conveniently what's a waste I was like first of all I was surprised that Mark didn't just think that he was just crazy and hearing voices and continued on with what he was doing because he's looking around like Nobody else said, yeah. I mean, that, that that's literally what anyone else would have done. It's like you're you're in somewhere by yourself, you get ready to kill yourself, you hear someone say what say what's a waste, and you're like, you're you're not immediately like, what the fuck? Who the hell? And like getting the fuck out of there. Like, I, I don't know, I would have been gone. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was at this point, he already Steven had already manifested himself, so he's probably used to hearing what he's probably kind of used to it at that time but that shit was just like fuck dude but I don't know because I feel like with him with him having left home and having left the source of his break I feel like that would have been the point of time when he kind of took Steven into the back of his mind because he didn't really need Steven at that point you know and then again, like like we said, when they went back and saw that or heard that mom was gone and he he tried to go into the house or he was there on the street and he was like, I can't do this, I can't do this. I think that's when he needed Steven to come back because it's like, even though she treated him like shit, that's still his mother. And right. now he'll never have a chance to reconcile with her. He'll never have a chance to, and I don't know if that was something that he wanted but maybe just knowing that she was still there, even though he had nothing to do with her, maybe that was enough of a comfort to him to keep his mind intact. And then once she's gone, there's so many things beyond that. You can't fix the broken relationship. You can't ever get, and I'm sorry that I treated you this way or you didn't deserve this. You don't get to have any of that now. And I think at that point, he probably needed, he was like, you know what? I can't do this shit. Let me put Steven in the forefront and let him live life for a couple of months. I, I can't do this. And then I think remember, you're right. I think Layla he, said he, it had been six months since she had heard from him. So I think yeah. that's really what happened. That, I, I think you're right. I think he brought yeah. Steven out to, because he didn't want to deal with those feelings. Mm-hmm. And Steven is the one that walks around thinking mom is still alive and still talking to her and everything's great. He doesn't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he has Steve, Steven to be happy. Right. That that's that's his happiness. Like you what do you call it? You call it his happy space. Mm-hmm. That's what Steven is. Yeah. But oh and then of course after all of this is revealed and after he he finds out about Kanshu and how Mark ended up being, you know, in his servitude, that's when the scales balance. And I was like, and I'm gonna be honest. Yes, I understand that what they really were saying was that Mark kind of needed to, I guess, I guess I feel like he needed to fully embrace Steven and not just as this little part of himself that he could tuck in. Like we see Steven in this episode as a completely separate person, like an actual person. And I think at, I think this episode was really about Mark embracing that part of him. Like, okay, you know what? This is not just a little tiny bit. He is a part of me. He is an important part of me. And 
I need to embrace that in order for us to be whole. And it's painful what he had to do to get there. But I, I really think that's kind of what it was about. And again, at this point, I feel like the Jake thing is not even in his mind because I feel like if he knew about Jake, then the scales would still be unbalanced. You know? But I will say this, I will never get tired of seeing that, um, seeing that suit come around him. The way that they do that is so beautiful. Yeah, those effects are fire. Like just like the way he just he wraps himself up. It's almost like he TP'd himself. But yeah, I think that there's um oh, I'm sorry. I just had I'm sorry. I just had a thought because it is possible that it didn't matter. See, Jake, I think Jake knows everything. I feel like that too. So I don't think it would be imbalanced. It would be balanced even with Jake because Stephen was not aware of everything. That's where that the, I think that's where the chaos was because Stephen Stephen makes everything unbalanced because he's not aware of those memories. He's not yeah. aware of those feelings. Oh, gotcha. But Jake knows everything. Yeah. Jake knows everything. Mark knows everything. Mark knows okay. everything. Right. And it doesn't matter that Mark doesn't know about Jake Mm-mm. because it's not about knowing about those pieces. It's about everything as a whole it's about being okay with what what happened right and dealing with it yeah no that theory actually makes a lot of sense I it's not a theory it's not a theory <laughs> but i interrupted you i'm sorry what, what were you saying no that's cool i would i was just saying that that's actually a really good point about jake knowing like knowing it and like the fact that Jake, like we haven't seen Jake, but he's played like an integral part in a lot of stuff around here, like in the show is crazy. And I mean, I'm surprised. And and plus, we're not when we don't see anything about his origin or anything about him, like in in any of this or any of these origin stories. And I, I'm just I'm bewildered that. You know, I mean, we like we still don't really know anything about him, but I'm assuming that's coming. But it's like, you never know. But I, I just I love how this is going. Right, and I think the funny thing too is the fact that we only like I only know that there's a third personality because of you guys having comic comic knowledge. You know, you and Lori. But if I didn't know that there was a third personality. I would just think that there was something a little bit strange about Mark, but I really wouldn't, it really wouldn't hit me, I think, or I, it wouldn't have hit me until the scene where Mark was holding the, yeah, where he was holding the people and he was like, Stephen, what did you do? And Stephen was like, I didn't do this. I would have been at that point like, oh, is there another? But again, they've never really directly referenced him until the last episode when we saw the third, I mean, the second sarcophagus kind of jumping in Mark's mind. And Mark looked at it and was like, nope, and kept on going. <laughs> yeah, but, they, but they planted the seed earlier when you always saw two other reflections. Mm-hmm. They, it was always three of them in the reflections. Yeah. So they planted the seed early that there was a third person, a third yeah. personality. Yeah. And then they come back out to the ship 
And there's chaos because unbalanced souls are being judged or condemned to the sands before their time. I was like, Harold, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're messing stuff up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, I mean, it's like literally raining souls. Like, damn. Right. And she like, even says it's evil. She's like, oh, this is bad. This is evil. And they realized what's going, what's going on with it. And they were like, you got to send us back so we can fix this. And she says, I, I can't do that because even if I do that, I'm basically putting you back in a body that's got a bullet in it. You won't be able to heal. You don't have conscious, um, you know, you don't have conscious protection. So they try to get her to send word from Layla. And I mean, send word to Layla. And then she's asking Stephen, she was like, um, so I thought you wanted to get away from him. He was like, well, I did, but this is our only shot. You know, because he's still thinking that, okay, we're, we're away from Khonshu. We're supposed to be going our separate, separate ways. And I think now, having gone through this journey, I think Stephen realizes that that's not something they can do. Like, we're part of each other. But uh, oh, so and then, then it's like, yeah, I, I mean, it's like, I think I think Mark thought he was dodging a bullet when they went, when they were actually back on the ship deck. He was like, okay, I ain't got to think about that for a second. But then they go back in there and he's like, and, and this, this is the, this is the moment where he goes and his mom's banging on the door, right? Um, Not yet. This is where, uh, uh, well, yeah, they, they gone in. Tauret is trying to take them through Osiris's gates. And then, yeah. yeah, Stephen is like, yeah, there's that bedroom you didn't want me to go into, so we got we to gotta get balanced. And, and Mark is like, yeah, no, we don't, we don't have to go through all of that again. We can just talk. I'll, I'll tell you whatever you want to know, but we do not need to go back there. Don't make us go. And, you know, Stephen is like, or, or Mark says it's not worth it. And Stephen is like, you're about to lose everything. How is it not worth it? How is it not worth it? If we don't go back and Harold succeeds, all of those people are going to die. And if Layla dies, that's on your head. And that's the thing that's, you know, he's like, it'll be all, it'll all be your fault. And then we see Mark break. Fast the fuck out. I mean, this is the first time we've actually seen him kind of like spazzing and losing control it's like where he's just like banging himself in the head and just like i don't want to do it i don't want to do it and then he's back sitting in front of harrow it's like like man he's getting deep now like shit right but so i'm still i guess harrow is like he when he looks at him He's just trying to figure out what's going on because the last thing he remembers is that they gave him an injection and that was what put him back in the hallway. And of course, I feel like, I feel like Harold is being condescending, but without being condescending, he was like, yeah, you watch too many movies. He was like, so you're telling me about this and you're telling me about that. And he was like, oh, Mark, what you've been doing is so difficult. I'm so proud of you. I was like, you condescending mode. That just, it just felt so condescending. But he knows that Mark has been, he was like reliving these kinds of memories. It's traumatic and you've been doing it for hours. And, you know, 
I'm proud of you. You've been looking into all of them. You've been, excuse me, you've been peering deeply into all of the moments that make you, you. I was like, you are so full of shit. But I think it's interesting because Harold gives him this cup of, I guess this cup of water, a cup of tea, and he starts looking in the reflection. It's almost like he's looking for Stephen, you know? And then that's when Harold asked, he was like, so do you think you created Stephen to protect you from the way your mother punished you? He was like, can you remember? There's only one way to know. And at this point, this is when we know, okay, we're about to take that deep dive. Because even Harold is telling him, yeah, you're going to have to understand. Um, you're going to have to open up to Stephen because there is no progress without understanding. You have to open up to him. You have to tell him what's going on. And he keeps looking in this cup, looking at Stephen. And then we're in the bedroom. <sighs> I felt so bad for a little baby Mark because he was like just sitting there freaking out. And his mom was his mom was basically a monster outside of her outside of his door and then he kept saying that she's not real she's not real she's not real and just like trying to deal with it and then he finally creates steven like from the it's like you see the poster on his wall and you're like mm -hmm. oh shit and then he and then he creates him and starts speaking in a british accent shout out to that young man too for actually nailing that shit i was yeah. like okay damn yeah but it's you know it's it's so it's interesting, but it's also sad because we see Steven like trying to get a grasp of what's going on because he's he's looking, he's like, this is my room. Like he remembers being in that room and baby Mark is on the floor and he's doing the, it's not my mom, it's not my mom. And then grown up Mark is standing behind Steven and he's doing the same thing. And it's almost like they're mimicking each other's expressions. And Steven is just looking like, what are we doing and then you see mark's eyes roll in the back of his head and he looks in the mirror or, or you see his mirror and he starts going into the like you said the um the british accent and he's like oh my room's a mess i better sort it out before mom sees it and it's just steven is looking like wait what the fuck what's go what's going on and then i think that's when he sees um the poster and he's like, wait, huh? And it says, when danger is near, Stephen Grant has no fear. And you see, mom is still sitting out there doing what she's doing. And Stephen is just, he's not phased by it. And that's when he realizes, wait, you made me up. The, the cool thing right before that is, when he looks into the cup and he's in the room and he has his head down, do you know that Stephen like sort of appears from behind him? No, I didn't see that. He just he just sort of like he's Mark is standing here by himself and then he's looking down and he opens his eyes and then Stephen comes. He's like, Oh, this is my room. And it, it, oh, just, yeah. it looks yeah. really cool when he yeah. does that because you realize he's coming from him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and that's when you realize, oh my God, this is when he was created. Yeah. Oscar but, Isaac is brilliant. That's all I'm he is. Say. He's brilliant. He is. 
But I, I like I how they feel. I need him to not so. jerk my heart out of my chest. Like, wait, and and so you noticed that without free streaming? Yes, I did. I don't know about all that. Rewind, watch, rewind, <laughs> watch, rewind. Oh, okay, watch. well, rewind. It's not free, yeah, okay, okay. It's not free streaming. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's different. It's different. Uh, no, I didn't notice that. My heart. And when she when she finally got in and got that belt and was getting ready to whip him, and it's like, I don't know why Stephen wanted to stay and see that. Like, that just is like, that, that'd be like me wanting to stay and see me get my ass beat. If I'm going, if I'm reliving my life, I'm like, y'all fast forward past that. Fast but I forward think past. it's also because, uh, again, he doesn't have these memories of his mom being like this. And I think that's probably why it's, it's not necessarily a curiosity like, oh, I, I need to see this. I think it was a, I have to see this because I don't believe what your mind is showing me. You know, but again, if okay. if he was created to have no fear, then Wendy wouldn't have she wouldn't have scared him like that. Oh yeah, okay. I see what you I see what you're saying, Anthony. I I do like that. Yeah. But even then he's like, I remember this. This is my room. I remember it, but not exactly like this. Like there were this certain is, things. This is Mark bringing the walls down. Yeah. Like, this is Mark just completely opening himself up heartbreaking laura you've been quiet you guys are saying everything i mean <laughs> you know you 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 you're covering all the points the only thing is that i think that when you go back to when he's saying in the first episode later gators and and all that and he's supposedly talking to his mom on the phone i like how they tied that into this episode because mm -hmm. i think that deep down he knew the truth but he had a mental block. I like how they kind of connected that together. The other thing that I thought was interesting is that when he's staring there trying to see his mother, you know, take a belt to him, maybe his subconscious wanted to see it to confirm that he knew it all along, you yeah. know? And, but, but, you know, Mark's like, no, 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 you don't, because he didn't want to relive it. So two halves of one coin, one wanted to see it, one, one didn't. So, I thought that was interesting, but you know, the whole thing is that this entire episode, it is emotionally draining, but it's also a really good uh, info dump as far as getting a lot of stuff out that you haven't done the first four episodes. I mean, they did an excellent job uh, yeah. as far as giving you the, you know, the information that you needed. So yeah, um, like I said, I haven't said much because you guys are saying everything. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Um, Mark does get him out of that room. And, and the last thing that we hear Wendy say to him is you disgusting human. I'm like, why? Why? But, oh. So yeah, then Stephen comes, to the, Stephen comes to the realization. He was like, you made me up. You know, or, or rather, Mark is like, no, you don't need to see that. That's that's the whole point of you. And Stephen is like, the point of me, what, to be your stress ball? And he smacks the shit out of Mark. And he was like, all this time, I thought I was the original, but I'm just something you made up. And 
you know, Mark doesn't understand. He's like, look, you got to live a happy, simple, normal life. Why are you upset? You didn't have to deal with none of this stuff. But, oh. Hey, there's ev- this evidence that it was Kanshu, you disgusting human. And maybe she, he was influencing her. Mm. Right. Maybe. But, I mean, no, nothing. This is this next part. This next part is just too really fucking tragic. To oh, me. my God. Yeah, because this is when Stephen finds out that she's not alive. And, you know, this is when Mark is telling him, he was like, you got to live a happy, normal life. You got to think that she loved you. You didn't grow up thinking that she hated you or knowing that she beat you or any of that. You thought that she was, that she loved you, that she was kind, that she's still alive. And then Stephen's like, what do you mean? I speak to her every day. And I'm like, dude, you don't speak to her. You talk to her on, you talk to her voicemail or something. But, um, you know, Mark starts telling him that, you know, yeah, this is what happened. Dad called me about her Shiva. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, I think that was one complaint I saw early on in the series. They were like, he's supposed to be Jewish. I'm like, okay, well, he just confirmed it right here, (laughs) you know, but he says he tried to go and he could he couldn't do it. And Stephen is like, Mm-mm, I'm not believing this. Nope. Mm-mm, no. And it's it's one of those things where Mark now is trying to calm down Stephen and he ends up waking up in the um in the psych room with Harrow. And he starts talking. He's like, oh my God, because he throws some water in Harrow's face and he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And Harrow is like, Steven and Steven is like hold up this is not right wait (laughs) what's going on I know this place what what's going on you shot me (laughs) you know he just starts he just starts trying to figure out what's going on and Harold is just like okay so we're seeing Steven now and uh this whole exchange is interesting because we get to see Steven introduce you know um talk to harrow and he's being steven of course he was like yeah okay so you're a doctor now you've gone up in this world and you've got that silly little mustache and yeah (laughs) this is not weird at all and um you know that's when you know they have this conversation he's like yeah i asked steven i mean i asked mark to open up to you did he and and (sighs) steven his face his face just breaks me he just man this whole this whole scene where where harold like calls calls his mom like that shit was so fucking heartbreaking man it's like you it's like and that that's the point where you saw the realization in steven's eyes where he was like oh no you don't have to call it she's probably please don't and it's like oh my god like that was and the the way he looked at the phone and he was just he didn't even touch the phone he was just like she's dead and you hear the dial tone and it's just like oh mm-hmm. like the realization is just uh, that shit but then also fi- finding out that he was the one that brought them to Dr. Harrow so apparently he knew something was going on or at least in his mind you know whatever this is going on He's like, oh, okay, something's going on. So I need to go see the doctor. 
And Dr. Harold's like, yeah, you're the one who brought you and Mark here. And Stevie's like, what? I did this? Huh, okay. And then that's when they do the phone call. And I was just sitting there like, I, I, I had to pause. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Because it's like, as he's calling her, like you said, he starts, it's almost like he goes from, yeah, my mom's alive. And then it's like, no, 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 no. Don't bother her. No, she, uh-uh, leave her alone. And it's almost like, I don't know if it's the realization or if it's just that he's thinking about what Marcus told him and that's what the realization is. So it's like, either way it goes, just to see his face break when he says that his mom is dead. I was like, I don't want to see Oscar Isaac cry. Ugh. You got a lot of that this episode. It, it was you, it was him was breaking. It was him breaking. Finished. It was him breaking down in the street. That got yeah, me. That, was just, that was just too much. I mean, the whole it's like that that whole sequence from them like sitting. It's called sitting Seder. Shiva. Sitting Shiva. Then his father looking out the window and seeing him standing across the street with a flask and saying and indicating trying to get him to come in and him shaking his head. And like you know, like I said, like him just kneeling, breaking down in the middle of the street, taking his yarmulke off and slamming it to the ground and punching it and punching it and just like breaking down mentally, like in the middle of the damn street. I wonder is that the first time his father had seen him since he left home? I assumed it was. Yeah, I, if I it's not, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. If if it wasn't, yeah, if it if it wasn't his first time, then it's been a minute. It's been a long time. But I, I'm, I'm I'm thinking it probably that he probably hasn't seen him since he went off. And then like him crying and switching switching to Steven, and Steven's like oblivious, like fuck, I'm lost. Like holy. Yeah, like I said, I feel like that that, that that's where it happened. Yeah. Like right there, it was like, oh, okay, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. I can't deal with this. You know what? Yeah. We're going to bring Steven to the forefront. And it's, it's so weird because Steven actually gets to see, like, he really gets to see it at this point. I was like, that's got to be so bizarre to witness that, to see a version of yourself turn into you. I don't, I don't even know how to I don't even know how to say it, but immediately he picks up the phone and he calls his mom and he's like, yeah, can you believe it? I'm lost again. I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I just totally did it. I'm, and I'm like, you don't even recognize your, or, or rather he does. He was like, it kind of looks like Mayfair. So it's kind of looked like, you know, where I grew up, but of course I can't be here. How, how am I here? And then that's when Mark says, this was the moment that our, our lives started bleeding into each other. He was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't face that again. I tell you, I just want to give Mark Steven just like a big old hug. But this is the point where Steve has to tell him, look, it wasn't your fault for all the things that she did. And I, I, I think that's really what Mark needed to hear, you know? And that it wasn't his fault that Randall died. Right. I think he really needed to hear that from someone 
And it just happened to be a version of himself that that told him. And then the ground shakes. And that means that the boat is stopped. And they um, they're at the gates of Osiris and they're running. And I love the way that they transition this thing because it's like you're on the street and then you're on the boat. And then you see this really, really gorgeous piece of architecture. I, I can't think of anything else to call it. It's, it's architecture. But they're at the gates and they're still unbalanced. You know, it's still kind of, even though it's very slight, like maybe just a half inch or something, it, it's just still unbalanced. And so you see the creepy crawlies coming out of the sands to get them. They're creepy crawlies. Okay. That's what they are. Zombies, sand zombies, sand zombies. I don't even know if I would consider that zombies. Because, and, and Stephen is like, Mark, they don't look friendly. but these are the souls of all the people that marcus killed yeah that's not going to be awkward but mark is fighting he's holding his own and steven is like he's he's hiding because that's what marcus told him to do but they're almost about to push mark over into the sands steven takes action he um steers the boat in a different direction and they kind of go you know, shift one way to the other. It's kind of like watching the scene in Pirates of the Caribbean when they're rocking the boat, going from one <laughs> side to the other. Yeah. yeah, That's what you kind of see. But Mark is kind of sort of getting his butt kicked. And Steven is shocked. And he was like, Mark, you got this. He was like, but if I'm you, means i've got this too and that's the first time you really see steven just kind of like oh okay you know what i can fight too because i'm a part of him and he starts fighting and and doing the stuff but there's one behind him that just kind of sneaks up and when they try to take him out he gets that one but then I mean, he's going to town and I was looking at him, I was like, okay, Megan Jr. I mean, that's, I mean, he was going off. Then one of them comes from the on side of the boat and tries to grab Mark and Steven saves Mark, but he ends up going over in the sands. I got two things. Uh-oh, wait, wait. He gets into the sands. And when he stands up, he's trying to go, he's like calling out for Mark because Steven is calling out for him. He runs, he's trying to get on the boat and he starts fucking freezing. And at this point, I lost my shit watching this. I was like, no, 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 no. When I tell you, I was, I was ugly crying at this point. Ugly crying. Because you saw how much it hurt Mark to leave Stephen behind. Like he was like, go back. He's coming. We got to save him. We got to save him. And, and, yeah. and, and Stephen is there. He's reaching out for Mark and he literally freezes like that. And I was just like, and then after that, the scales are balanced. What? What? Field Man. of Reeds. The Field of Reeds yeah. is pretty. It's very beautiful. If you build it, they will come. 
right, I got two things. One, why was my I mean, I understand Mark had just gone through fighting and stuff, but why is he still hanging on the side of the boat where the where the sandmen were crawling over the side? Like, why did he get in the middle of the fucking boat? I think maybe he thought that they got him all. I think maybe just because, you know, I mean, there was what, one, two, three, four, maybe five that were actually on the ship. Maybe he didn't think all of them were in the sand and he was just kind of like, okay, or maybe he was just staring at Steven and all like, oh, hey, buddy, you did that. Maybe it was that. Maybe he just, you know, I, I think he just he just took a break that he didn't need to take. But my other thing is like shout out to Stephen for yelling sixes after he hits the first one because he like he scored a point in cricket. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. And the way Mark was like, huh? It's a British thing like, you wouldn't understand. Bro, that was a pretty good shot a shot back. But it's like from all the souls that you saw previously that Harold was sending down, like, you know that a lot of, all the, every last soul that went down and hit, hit the sand has turned into one of those things. So, it's oh, like, yeah. that's, so there was a ton of them. They only killed, like, they only went through, like, about 10 or 12 of them. They didn't go through that many of them. You but knew there were more. Those were all souls that Mark had killed, because as they were getting on the boat, he started naming them. Gabon, Dubai, like, just like yeah. he did in the cafeteria. Yeah, but there are at least 25, 30 people in that cafeteria. They only went through like 10 or 12 of those people. Yeah, it well, I like mean, they, went through they, pulled, they pulled Steven over and, and the scales balanced, so there was no need to send anybody else. But I think if Steven had stayed on the ship for yeah. longer, they probably would have sent more until one of them had gotten off. Because I think at that point, one of them was going to have to go. So, yeah. I don't know. But Steven's frozen in the sand now, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. That was just, I mean, the fact that we know he's going to be back is little consolation because it's like, it's like really like just seeing him like freezing in space was just like, oh. Yeah, like, like y'all didn't have to do that to me. All the stuff they just went through, all the, all the trauma and emotional damage that they've been through. And y'all gonna treat y'all gonna do them like that. Just mm-hmm. go over the side. Mm-hmm. Like damn. Like, yeah, we didn't break your hearts enough this episode. Oh, let's throw one more thing in there. I mean, the only thing that would make it worse is if Jake would have thrown him over. I'm just and, saying. I'm just I'm, I'm mean, not saying it would have happened. Yeah, I don't know anything about the Jake persona, but something I'm tells just I'm me. just saying, like if he would have seen another version of himself throwing another version of himself over the side. And it's not the it's not himself's version of himself. You know what? Stop. Wait. Just stop. You're confusing me. Stop. Self for myself. <laughs> yeah, my just, version of myself. My self self. My version self. My, uh, no. Yeah. No. My self self. No. It's my self self self. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. What do you get? What I'm saying. This was heartbreaking. I think, and I think, I guess for me, this was even a better episode than the last episode. Just yeah. because we got all of the, um, as Laura likes to say, info dump, because we got all of the backstory, because we got to see those emotional moments, because we got to see, you know, it, it kind of Mark opening up to Steven and not just treating him as just something over there on the side or, you know what I'm saying? He, he right. finally did open up, even though it was involuntary. I think that at this point, 
he knew that he needed that in order to get done what they need to get done. And now that Steven is kind of overboard, I don't, I don't know how that's going to affect Mark. Like, what is he going to do? He's standing there in the field of reeds. He's in paradise now. And and see, all you're doing is is making me concerned that this last episode is going to be rushed. Like, we have one episode left, and we have so many things we need to tie up. We got Harrow. We got a free Khonshu. We got to bring Stephen and Mark back. We got to re- reconcile with Layla. I mean, there is a lot that we have to do, and it's just one episode left. But you know what? I will say this. I feel like the pacing for this show has been really good because we even said it when we discussed um, episode four, we were like, we only have two episodes left. They got a lot to tell us in those two episodes. And I feel like with this episode, they did a really, really good job. So I, you know, I have, I have but, some but confidence still, that they're going to get it done. But we're still at the same place we were at the end of episode four. This is true. <laughs> we didn't go anywhere. When you put it like that. <laughs> we, we That's true. We're in the same place. And and we have all those same unresolved, unanswered story plot points. I have faith that they can get it done. It's going to be I rushed. I think they can do it. I'm not saying they can't get it done. It's, it, I'm going to feel, I, I already know I'm going to feel like it's going to be rushed. Mm, this yeah. is too much. This is too much. To do. do we yeah. know how many do we know how, how let me see how many how many minutes? and it's supposed to be the shortest episode of the season yeah 45 minutes okay mm. we're gonna see how that's gonna work <laughs> because yeah now that you put it like that you're like we're in the same place we ended at episode four i'm like no we oh <laughs> because technically sp- speaking mark is still dead honestly we still imprisoned imprisoned harrow yeah. is on his way to release i met mm-hmm. we don't know what the hell is going on with layla so yeah mm-hmm. 45 right. minutes mm-hmm. okay i guess we'll see so laurie come on and talk what's going on what you got to say well I, I liked the episode better the second time around than the first time I watched it. Yeah, because um, you weren't pleased with it the first time. No, I wasn't because I, like I said earlier, I have an issue when they go back in time or they repeat the same day over or it's in someone's head. Those episodes I usually don't like. But I, I will say that once I watched the second time, two things came out to me. It was a better pace info dump than I've seen in other shows that I like the way they did it. Uh, the second thing is, is that the the emotional uh, uh, feelings, the emotional acting that they did in this, it really made you feel really bad for Mark. Not not you know Stephen, but Mark. You just like wow, this was his childhood. This is what happened to him. And I think the thing is, is that then we brought to uh, was it Tarawate into it. I thought that it was cool because she's one of my favorite Egyptian goddesses anyway. So I liked how they had her sort of like, you know, very proper, very, oh, I have a card for this. I thought that was cute. Uh, (laughs) The the only thing that I didn't really, after the second watch, care for, I didn't care for the fact that they threw out a line that, whoa, Crawley this. We've only seen Crawley once, and that was in the first episode. You know, they keep 
mentioning Crawley, but they've only showed him like that one time. Or Who maybe is Crawley. Like, Crawley. The, the living statue. Oh, yes. Okay. I had yeah, to think they, about it. I was like, oh, yeah. Technically, yeah, they, he's been in three episodes. Okay, I'll give yeah, you because that. he was one of the he was one of the mental patients. Right. Okay, right. okay. So, but my thing is, is that they keep mentioning him, but he's never said who he really is. And that might be season two if we get a season. two. I was going to say that has that has to be why they're giving us a season two. Then they yeah. have to give us a season two. Yeah, because very, also yeah. you have important. the um the mention of Duchamp. Right, which is also important. So is Marlene. Yeah. So right. there's three characters right there that. If you know anything about Moon Knight, you need to know those or see those three characters. So all in all, it was a better viewing the second time around. And I think they did a really good job. Me too. That, that's my take. They tore my heart out, though. I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. makes for a good story, but still, it's like, God, did you have to, like, just rip my heart out? Did you have to shred it? Like, uh, oh, I can't say that. Okay. Really? No. Really? Really? Is, is, is that where we're See, going right now? Come on now. Really? Come on. <laughs> that, that's something I Listen, would say. you know you're going to talk about crushing no, me with the statue. No, no, oh, no, no we're not. No, mm. we're not. <sighs> you're going to talk about being cut in half? No, no, See? no. Shh, 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 shh. No. Just throw me over in a ditch and leave me there. No. No. Or side of a mountain. <laughs> y'all are bad lord have mercy Ooh, any final thoughts on this penultimate episode of moon night we have 45 minutes left in this series so far. i want i really want to see how they're going to get mark back first of all and second of all you mean steven i mean and steven yeah i want to see how they remedy that um I I really I want to see like the whole thing like when Harold finally unleashed because you know Harold's gonna unleash Ahmed. I want to see how that goes. Um, there's a there's a lot that still needs to happen. We still haven't seen Jake. I want to see how they how they remedy that because there is no chance in hell that they let this series go without at least showing him, not showing Mark as Jake right. and another personality. So I want to see how they do that too. That's no that's really the main thing. It's like, how are they going to introduce Jake? Yeah. The main thing I want to see is, is Ahmed going to be exactly what we think? Or, you know, I, I always keep having this nagging thought that we really don't know what Ahmed's true purpose and goal is. Yeah, you've I'm, mentioned that. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious to see that if, we're, if we're going to see what that is. I almost got Gladiator vibes when he got, when he got to the um, Field of Reeds. Like the end when he died, yes. when he was like walking mm -hmm. and hope and running his hand along the long grass. I thought Almost the same got, thing I, too. Yeah, I got gladiator vibes from that. Yeah, I thought that too. Um, so Anthony, so what you're saying is you you're kind of thinking, you know how it is sometimes when you have uh you have lackeys or whatever doing things for a bad guy, and then once they've done everything that the bad guy wants them to do the bad guy turns on them or you know oh yeah i know i told you i was doing this but what i'm actually doing is this you think it's going to be that kind of uh that kind of betrayal from emmett i don't think betrayal as in since she's since i has been in prison there hasn't been any communication 
So like everything Harold is doing is based off what he thinks. Mm-hmm. But we don't he doesn't really know. Okay. He just has an idea and the legends and what maybe Kanshu has told him. Right. But we really don't know what Ami's objective is. It's not like when he was Kanshu's avatar and Kanshu was saying, Hey, I want you to do this. I want you right, to do this. Right. Right. Right now he's just basically going off of what he thinks. Right. So, yeah. Because okay. you know, I mean could just be like, you know, I just want everybody's soul. <laughs> you know, this is well, I met might be like, I don't care about nobody else's soul. I'm free for the first time in two thousand dollars. See ya. And she might just go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And Harold's gonna be like, So what are we supposed to do? So yeah. I can see it. Or I so can't. I'm just curious to find out if if how how accurate Harrow is and mm, okay. what what he's trying to do. So what would they need to do to free Khonshu? Like, is there like a spell they would have to do? Do they just need to like? I think they need to break break the Ushati. Ushati. Okay. Okay. Yeah, break whatever he's confined in. Okay. All right. So somebody definitely needs to do that next episode. Yeah. hopefully hopefully mark i was, I was thinking because mark had there's almond shot and he and he fell into the water so it's like it's the damage like did he fucking he didn't fuck up did he like right that would be messed right. up um also really really quick weird shout out to oscar isaac for going on the tonight show and improvising a whole song about a hippopotamus which I which love that dude. That's a great song. Which yet again, Marvel Marvel has messed up and missed a missed a blatant opportunity to have that song play at the end of this episode. We already know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What the hell? Why not? This is, I thought you was about to sing. I thought you was about to sing. That's why I was like hippopotamus. I don't, I don't remember the words. I don't know an word. I'm not gonna be singing singing like you like like we do we don't know words like i'm in I'm a hippopotamus I'm a, not going to do all, that. <laughs> all right Ooh, okay well um i guess if nobody else has anything to say we just gotta run through this last 45 minutes and see if they do everything that we need them to do to wrap this storyline up and maybe set up a second season or his appearance in a movie or something, but I really hope that this series is not the only time we get to see um, this character because Oscar Isaac is amazing. However, I will also say, if this is the last time that we see this character, I probably wouldn't be surprised either because I can imagine the toll that that playing this type of character takes on an actor you know the the physicality of it the just the switching between the different personas and the different characteristics and the the speech and the physical you know the physical way they move and i'm I'm sure that's taxing for somebody so he may not want to do this um for for longer than a six episode arc he might be like no i'm too tired but right He's really great at it, and I, I I really do hope we get to see more of this character. So, um, or I should say these characters. So, um, with that being said, that's it for our show. 
You can find us online at www.phantomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can watch our videos on YouTube and listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.